Chapter 3.31, Part 1 of Personal Narrative of Travels to the Equinoctial Regions of America during the years 1799 to 1804, Volume 3, by Alexander von Humboldt, translated by Thomasina Ross. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 3.31, Part 1. I might enumerate among the causes of the lowering of the temperature at Cuba during the winter months the great number of shoals with which the island is surrounded and on which the heat is diminished several degrees of centesimal temperature this diminished heat may be assigned to the molecules of water locally cooled which go to the bottom to the polar currents which are borne toward the abyss of the tropical ocean or to the mixture of the deep waters with those at the surface at the declivities of the banks but the lowering of the temperature is partly compensated by the flood of hot water the gulf stream which runs along the northwest coast, and the swiftness of which is often diminished by the north and northeast winds. The chain of shoals, which encircles the island and which appears on our maps like a penumbra, is fortunately broken on several points, and those interruptions afford free access to the shore. In the southeast part, the proximity of the lofty primitive mountains renders the coast more precipitous. In that direction are situated the ports of Santiago de Cuba, Guantanamo, by Tiquiri, and, in turning the Punta Mesi, Baracoa. The latter is the place most early peopled by Europeans. The entrance to the old channel, from Punta de Mulas, northwest of Baracoa, as far as the new settlement, which has taken the name of Puerto de las Nuevitas del Principe, is alike free from shoals and breakers. Navigators find excellent anchorage a little to the east of Punta de Mulas, in the three rocks of Tanamo, Cabonico, and Nipe, and on the west of Punta de Mulas, in the ports of Sama, Naranjo, Del Padre, and Nuevas Grandes. It is remarkable that near the latter port, almost in the same meridian where, on the south side of the island, are situated the shoals of Buena Esperanza and of Las Docheliguas, stretching as far as the island of Pinos, we find the commencement of the uninterrupted series of the chaos of the old channel, extending to the length of ninety-four leagues from Nuevitas to Punta Icacos. The old channel is narrowest opposite to Cayo Cruz and Cayo Romano. Its breadth is scarcely more than five or six leagues. On this point, too, the great bank of Mahama takes its greatest development. The chaos near the island of Cuba and those parts of the bank not covered with water, Long Island, Eleuthera, are like Cuba, of a long and narrow shape. Were they only twenty or thirty feet higher, an island much larger than St. Domingo would appear at the surface of the ocean. The chain of breakers and chaos that bound the navigable part of the old channel towards the south leave between the channel and the coast of Cuba small basins without breakers, which communicate with several ports having good anchorage, such as Guanaja, Moron, and Remedios. Having passed through the old channel, or rather the channel of San Nicolas, between Cruz del Padre and the bank of the chaos de Sel, the lowest of which furnish springs of fresh water. We again find the coast, from Punta de Icacos to Gabanas, free from danger. It affords in the interval the anchorage of Matanzas, Puerto Escondido, the Havana, and Mariel. Further on, westward of Bahia Honda, the possession of which might well tempt a maritime enemy of Spain, the chain of shoals recommences and extends without interruption as far as Cape San Antonio. Note. 
they are here called the bajos de santa isabella y de los colorados end of note from that cape to punta de piedras and bahia de cortes the coast is almost precipitous and does not afford soundings at any distance but between punta de piedras and cabo cruz almost the whole southern part of cuba is surrounded with shoals of which the isle of pinos is but a portion not covered with water these shoals are distinguished on the west by the name of gardens jardinas y jardinios and on the east by the names of cayo breton cayos de las dolce Liguas, and bancos de buena esperanza on all this southern line the coast is exempt from danger with the exception of that part which lies between the strait of cochinos and the mouth of the rio guaurabo these seas are very difficult to navigate i had the opportunity of determining the position of several points in latitude and longitude during the passage from batabano to trinidad of cuba and to cartagena it would seem that the resistance of the currents of the highlands of the island of pines and the remarkable outstretching of cabo cruz have at once favoured the accumulation of sand in the labours of the coralline polypes which inhabit calm and shallow water along this extent of the southern coast a length of one hundred and forty-five leagues only one-seventh affords entirely free access namely that part between cayo de pietras and cayo blanco a little to the east of puerto casilda there are found anchorages often frequented by small barks for example the surgidero del batabano bahia de jagua and puerto casilda or trinidad de cuba beyond this latter port toward the mouth of the rio cauto and cabo cruz behind the chaos de doce leguas the coast covered with lagoons is not very accessible and is almost entirely desert at the island of cuba as heretofore in all the spanish possessions in america we must distinguish between the ecclesiastic politico-military and financial divisions we will not add those of the judicial hierarchy which have created so much confusion amongst modern geographers the island having but one audencia residing since the year seventeen ninety seven at puerto principe whose jurisdiction extends from baracoa to cape san antonio the division into two bishoprics dates from seventeen eighty eight when pope pius the sixth nominated the first bishop of the havana the island of cuba was formerly with louisiana and florida under the jurisdiction of the archbishop of san domingo and from the period of its discovery it had only one bishopric founded in fifteen eighteen in the most western part at baracoa by pope leo x the translation of this bishopric to santiago de cuba took place four years later but the first bishop fray juan de ubite arrived only in fifteen twenty eight in the beginning of the nineteenth century eighteen o four santiago de cuba was made an archbishopric the ecclesiastical limit between the diocese of the havana and cuba passes in the meridian of cayo romano nearly in the eighty and three-quarter degree of longitude west of paris between the via de santo espiritu and the city of puerto principe the island with relation to its political and military government is divided into two governios depending on the same capitan general the governio of the havana comprehends besides the capital the district of cuatro vios trinidad santo espiritu via clara and san juan de los remedios and the district of puerto principe the capitan general y gobernador of the havana has the privilege of appointing a lieutenant in puerto principe teniente gobernador as also at trinidad and nueva filipina the territorial jurisdiction 
of the capitan general extends as the jurisdiction of a corregidor to eight pueblos de ayuntamiento the cuidades of matanzas jaruco san felipe y santiago santa maria del rosario the villas of guanabacoa santiago de las vegas quinas and santiago de los baños the gobierno of cuba comprehends santiago de cuba baracoa hoquin and bayama the present limits of the gobineros are not the same as those of the bishoprics the district of puerto principe with its seven parishes for instance belonged till eighteen fourteen to the gobierno of the havana and the archbishopric of cuba in the enumerations of eighteen seventeen and eighteen twenty we find puerto principe joined with baracoa and bayamo in the jurisdiction of cuba it remains for me to speak of a third division altogether financial by the cedula of the twenty third march eighteen twelve the island was divided into three intendencias or provincias those of the havana puerto principe and santiago de cuba of which the respective length from east to west is about ninety seventy and sixty-five sea leagues the intendant of the havana retains the prerogatives of superintendente general subdelegado de real hacienda de la isla de cuba according to this division the provincia de cuba comprehends santiago de cuba baracoa Halguin, bayamo chibara manzanillo higuani cobre and tiguaros the provincia de puerto principe the town of that name nuevitas Hagua, santo espiritu san juan de los remedios via de santa clara and trinidad the most westerly intendencia or provincia de la havana occupies all that part situated west of the cuatro vias of which the intendant of the capital has lost the financial administration when the cultivation of the land shall be more uniformly advanced the division of the island into five departments namely the vuelta de abajo from cape san antonio to the fine village of guanaje and mariel the havana from mariel to alvarez the quintavias from alvarez to moron puerto principe from moron to rio cauto and cuba from rio cauto to punta mesi will perhaps appear the most fit and most consistent with the historical remembrances of the early times of the conquest my map of the island of cuba however imperfect it may be for the interior is yet the only one on which are marked the thirteen cuidades and also the seven vias which are included in the divisions i have just enumerated the boundary between the two bishoprics linea divisoria de los dos obispados de la Havana y de santiago de cuba extends from the mouth of the small river of santa maria longitude eighty degrees forty nine minutes on the southern coast by the parish of san eugenio de la palma and by the haciendas of santa anna dos hermanos cope and cienega to la punta de judas longitude eighty degrees forty six minutes on the northern coast opposite queo romano during the regime of the spanish cortes it was agreed that this ecclesiastical limit should also be that of the two deputaciones provinciales of the havana and of santiago guia constitucional de la isla de cuba eighteen twenty two page seventy nine the diocese of the havana comprehends forty and that of cuba twenty two parishes having been established at a time when the greater part of the island was occupied by farms of cattle haciendas de ganado these parishes are of too great extent and little adapted to the requirements of present civilization the bishopric of santiago de cuba contains the five cities of baracoa 
Cuba, Joaquin, Guisa, Puerto Principe, and the Villa of Bayamo. In the bishopric of San Cristobal de la Havana are included the eight cities of the Havana, namely Santa Maria del Rosario, San Antonio Abad, or de los Banos, San Felipe y Santiago de Belhuca, Matanzas, Jaruco, La Paz, and Trinidad, and the six villas of Guanabacoa, namely Santiago de las Vegas, or Compostela, Santa Clara, San Juan de los Remedios, Santo Espiritu, and San Julian de los Guinas. The territorial division most in favor among the inhabitants of the Havana is that of Vuelta de Arriba and de Abajo, east and west of the meridian of the Havana. The first governor of the island, who took the title of Capitan General, 1601, was Don Pedro Valdez. Before him there were sixteen other governors, of whom the series begins with the famous poblador and conquistador, Diego Velazquez, native of Quelar, who was appointed by Columbus in 1511. In the island of Cuba, free men compose 0.64 of the population, and in the English islands scarcely 0.19. In the whole archipelago of the West Indies, the copper-colored men, blacks and mulattoes, free and slaves, form a mass of 2,360,000, or 0.83 of the total population. If the legislation of the West Indies and the state of the men of color do not shortly undergo a salutary change, if the legislation continue to employ itself in discussion instead of action, the political preponderance will pass into the hands of those who have the strength to labor, will to be free, and courage to endure long privations. This catastrophe will ensue as a necessary consequence of circumstances without the intervention of the free blacks of Haiti and without their abandoning the system of insulation which they have hitherto followed. Who can venture to predict the influence which may be exercised on the politics of the New World by an African confederation of the free states of the West Indies, situated between Colombia, North America, and Guatemala? The fear of this event may act more powerfully on the minds of many than the principles of humanity and justice. But in every island the whites believe that their power is not to be shaken. All simultaneous action on the part of the blacks appears to them impossible, and every change, every concession granted to the slave population is regarded as a sign of weakness. The horrible catastrophe of San Domingo is declared to have been only the effect of the incapacity of its government. Such are the illusions which prevail amidst the great mass of the planters of the West Indies, and which are alike opposed to an amelioration of the condition of the blacks in Georgia and in the Carolinas. The island of Cuba, more than any other of the West India Islands, might escape the common wreck. That island contains 455,000 freemen and 160,000 slaves. And there, by prudent and humane measures, the gradual abolition of slavery might be brought about. Let us not forget that since San Domingo has become free, there are in the whole archipelago of the West Indies more free negroes and mulattoes than slaves. The whites, and above all the freemen, whose cause it would be easy to link with that of the whites, take a very rapid numerical increase at Cuba. The slaves would have diminished since 1820, with great rapidity, but for the fraudulent continuation of the slave trade. If by the progress of human civilization, and the firm resolution of the new states of free America, this infamous traffic should cease altogether, 
the diminution of the slave population would become more considerable for some time on account of the disproportionate existing between the two sexes and the continuance of emancipation it would cease only when the relation between the deaths and births of slaves should be such that even the effects of enfranchisement would be counterbalanced the whites and free men now form two-thirds of the whole population of the island and this increase marks in some degree the diminution of the slaves among the latter the women are to the men exclusive of the mulatto slaves scarcely in the proportion of one to four in the sugar-cane plantations in the whole island as one to one point seven and in the towns in farina where the negro slaves serve as domestics or work by the day on their own account as well as that of their masters the proportion is as one to one point four even for instance at the havana as one to one point two note it appears probable that at the end of eighteen twenty five of the total population of men of colour mulattoes and negroes free and slaves there were nearly one hundred and sixty thousand in the towns and two hundred and thirty thousand in the fields in eighteen eleven the consulado in a statement presented to the cortes of spain computed at one hundred and forty one thousand the number of men of colour in the towns and one hundred and eighty five thousand in the fields documente sobre los negros page one hundred and twenty one this great accumulation of mulattoes free negroes and slaves in the towns is a characteristic feature in the island of cuba End of note. the developments that follow will show that these proportions are founded on numerical statements which may be regarded as the limit numbers of the maximum the prognostics which are hazarded respecting the diminution of the total population of the island at the period when the slave trade shall be readily abolished and not merely according to the laws as since eighteen twenty respecting the impossibility of continuing the cultivation of sugar on a large scale and respecting the approaching time when the agricultural industry of cuba shall be restrained to plantations of coffee and tobacco and the breeding of cattle are founded on arguments which do not appear to me to be perfectly just instead of indulging in gloomy presages the planters would do well to wait till the government shall have procured positive statistical statements the spirit in which even very odd enumerations were made for instance that of seventeen seventy five by the distinction of age sex race and state of civil liberty deserves high commendation nothing but the means of execution were wanting it was felt that the inhabitants were powerfully interested in knowing partially the occupations of the blacks and their numerical distribution in the sugar settlements farms and towns to remedy evil to avoid public danger to console the misfortunes of a suffering race who are feared more than is acknowledged the wound must be probed for in the social body when governed by intelligence there is found as in organic bodies a repairing force which may be opposed to the most inveterate evils in the year eighteen eleven the municipality and the tribunal of commerce of the havana computed the total population of the island of cuba to be six hundred thousand including three hundred and twenty six thousand people of colour free or slaves mulattoes or blacks at that time nearly three-fifths of the people of colour resided in the jurisdiction of the havana from cape san antonio to alvarez in this part it appears that the towns contain as many mulattoes and free negroes as slaves but that the coloured population of the towns was to that of the fields as two to three in the eastern part of the island on the contrary from alvarez to santiago de cuba 
and Cape Maisie, the men of color inhabiting the towns nearly equaled in number those scattered in the farms. From 1811 till the end of 1825, the island of Cuba has received, along the whole extent of its coast, by lawful and unlawful means, 185,000 African blacks, of whom the Custom House of the Havana only, registered from 1811 to 1820, about 116,000. This newly introduced mass has no doubt been spread more in the country than in the towns. It must have changed the relations which persons well informed of the localities had established in 1811 between the eastern and western parts of the island, between the towns and the fields. The negro slaves have much augmented in the eastern plantations, but the fact that, notwithstanding the importation of 185,000 Bozal negroes, the mass of men of color, free and slaves, has not augmented from 1811 to 1825, more than 64,000, or one-fifth, shows that the changes in the relation of partial distribution are restrained within narrower limits than one would at first be inclined to admit. The proportions of the castes with respect to each other will remain a political problem of high importance till such time as a wise legislation shall have succeeded in calming inveterate animosities and in granting equality of rights to the oppressed classes. In 1811, the number of whites in the island of Cuba exceeded that of the slaves by 62,000, whilst it nearly equaled the number of the people of color, both free and slaves. The whites, who in the French and English islands formed at the same period nine hundredths of the total population, amounted in the island of Cuba to 45 hundredths. The free men of color amounted to 19 hundredths, that is, double the number of those in Jamaica and Martinique. The numbers given in the enumeration of 1817, modified by the Deputation Provinciale, being only 115,700 freed men and 225,300 slaves, the comparison proves first that the freed men have been estimated with little precision either in 1811 or in 1817, and secondly, that the mortality of the Negroes is so great that notwithstanding the introduction of more than 67,700 African Negroes registered at the Custom House, there were only 13,300 more slaves in 1817 than in 1811. In 1817, a new enumeration was substituted for the approximative estimates attempted in 1811. From the census of 1817, it appears that the total population of the island of Cuba amounted to 572,363. The number of whites was 257,380. Of free men of color, 115,691. And of slaves, 199,292. In no part of the world where slavery prevails is emancipation so frequent as in the island of Cuba. The Spanish legislature favors liberty instead of opposing it, like the English and the French legislatures. The right of every slave to choose his own master, or set himself free, if he can pay the purchase money, the religious feeling which disposes many masters in easy circumstances to liberate some of their slaves, the habit of keeping a multitude of blacks for domestic service, the attachments which arise from this intercourse with the whites, the facility with which slaves who are mechanics accumulate money, and pay their masters a certain sum daily in order to work on their own account. Such are the principal causes which in the towns convert so many slaves into free men of color. 
I might add the chances of the lottery and games of hazard, but that too much confidence in those means often produces the most fatal effects. End of chapter 3.31 Part 1